Welcome to the sermon podcast of First Church of Christ, where our goal is to lead generations into a life-changing, ever-growing relationship with Jesus Christ. We pray that you are encouraged and challenged by today's message. Merry Christmas, y'all. So glad that you are here. If you haven't met me, if we haven't met yet, my name is Brandon. I uh, would love to meet you after service. If you're joining with us online, we're so glad that you're joining us today on this Christmas Eve. So if you haven't noticed, um, if you're new around these parts, we like to have some fun, y'all. Are you having some fun? I hope so. Some of you are. Okay. Like one kid is. That's cool. <laughs> Think with me back. Go back to your earliest Christmas memories. Go back to your earliest Christmas memories. For me as a kid, I was privileged and honored to be able to have like some good memories as a kid around Christmas time. Um, for, for a lot of it, it was like going to grandparents' houses. Uh, we, we had one grandparent, set of grandparents that we would go to their house and we would have plenty of food and a bunch of cousins and a bunch of presents to, to open up. Kids, can I get an amen on the presents? There we go. Uh, and, and then on Christmas Day, on Christmas morning, I'd be at my mom's house, and, and it, we never got started as early as I would have liked. Uh, about 5 a.m. is where I would have liked to get started, you know? But they were not on board with that. Parents, can you imagine that, right? Uh, so we get started about 7 a.m., have a lot of fun, open up the presents, and then shortly thereafter, my dad and my grandmother would pick me up, and we would go down to Richmond, Indiana, where my great-grandparents lived. And it was so cool, because... On Christmas Day, we treated there as Christmas Eve. So kids, we got to do it all over again. We got to have Christmas twice. So I was really excited about that. And I grew up and it was so fun because I was a kid and I was just able to enjoy the journey, right? But for those of us who are not little kids anymore, uh, we've learned some things over the years that Christmas as an adult is not the same thing as a Christmas as a kid. Amen? Yeah, it's a little bit different, especially when you have kids and you're the parent and you're like, oh, this is what I got to (laughs) do? It's all up to me to make this all happen? Uh, And I don't know where you come into this space in, um, but it can be easy for us as we get older to get to a point where Christmas is just stressful. Christmas is just a time where we're just chaotic, we're frantic, we're just trying to maintain, we're just trying to get through it. Uh, and for some of us, we come to this space and this day today, and, and we're not feeling so joyful because of all the burdens that we have, and, and all of us have our own that we can point to. Um, and so what I want to do today in the short amount of time, I've already used three minutes of it, I've got a total of 20 minutes. For those of you who are regulars around here, you know that's about half of what I usually do. And, and I was on it, y'all, for a service, so I'm not going to get off track. Um, but what I want to do today is, is if you come today and you are sensing the sadness, the despair, and you are just struggling to find the joy of Christmas, my prayer is that God would reignite or ignite for the very first time this joy that can be found in the fact that Jesus, our Lord, has come to the earth. It's something to be excited about. I pray that God would do that in you. And for those of you who are here and you like just feel pretty good about it or you're, you're just kind of like balanced, you're like, yeah, I'm even keeled. Tomorrow's going to be good, I, I think, I hope. Uh, my prayer is that God would uh, shower fuel on that fire and that you would be even more joyful about Jesus and the fact that he came. Does that sound good? Okay, see, I like a little bit of feedback, y'all. You can talk back to me. This is church, and we just started the service with rapping. So y'all can talk, okay? All right? So uh, Luke chapter 2 is where we're going to be, uh, starting in verse 1. 
And uh, I want to read to to you the account from Luke on the uh, birth of Jesus. What it says is going to be on the screen. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole empire should be registered. This first registration took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So everyone went to be registered, each to his own town. Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family line of David, to be registered along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. Then she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him tightly in cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. Okay, y'all, just think about this. Um, ladies, of, especially ladies who have been pregnant before, okay? Um, just imagine this. This is a stressful time because the government has required you to travel from your place where you live 70 miles away for a census to be registered, okay? You are not happy about this because you do not have a luxurious minivan with all your favorite snacks You don't have slippers to put your feet up on the dash while your husband drives down the interstate for about an hour-long trip. This is not how this is, y'all. 70 miles by either camel or by foot. It took about four days to get there, um, and you're with child. Can you imagine traveling 70 miles for four days? Would you be a little stressed? Ladies, you'd be a little stressed. I want to hear you. Thank you. Okay. Um, And fellas... You're traveling 70 miles with a pregnant fiancé and the baby ain't even yours. And you don't have headphones or the radio to listen to. The complaints are just flowing in your ear. It's a stressful time. It's a stressful time. So they get to Bethlehem. We don't know exactly how long it took from them arriving to her having uh, giving birth to Jesus. But what we do see in this... What we do see in this is I don't believe it's a mistake that Jesus arrived in the midst of a stressful season. I don't believe it's a mistake that God orchestrated this in such a way where Mary and Joseph would have been stressed out of their mind and Jesus entered that space. So if you find yourself in a stressful season, which uh, anyone, yeah, Jesus entered this season. He entered your season. There is no season of your life. There's no moment where you're going to be in the pits of despair or jubilant on the, on the mountaintop. He is always going to be there with you. Jesus entered the stressful season so you can rest in him even in the midst of times not going well. Um, but what, what I want to do is I want to fast forward just a little bit in the Christmas story and show you something that you all, oftentimes we don't talk about at Christmas time. Jesus is about a month old at this point, and they take him to the temple. And what I'm going to show you, what I want us all to see in this, is that when the baby king comes to this one man named Simeon, he has this outpouring of joy. And I think if we can tap into what Simeon felt, into what Simeon saw when he held Jesus, then we'll be able to find some joy in this season for us too. So Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 25, this is what it says. There was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. Kids, can you say Simeon? Simeon. Thank you, good. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to Israel's consolation. And the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he saw the Lord's Messiah. 
Guided by the Spirit, he entered the temple. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to perform for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him up in his arms, praised God, and said, Now, Master, you can dismiss your servant in peace as you promised. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. For my eyes have seen your salvation. You have prepared it in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory to your people, Israel. See, what we see Simeon doing, he's, he, he was guided by the Holy Spirit to be at the temple, and he's the one receiving Jesus in this moment. Mary and Joseph would have been following Old Testament uh, laws, and they would have brought Jesus to the temple to devote him to the Lord. And they would have brought a sacrifice on Jesus' behalf. And since they were poor, they brought some pigeons, some, some birds to offer uh, for them. And Simeon was the one receiving Jesus. And as he received Jesus as holding his creator, he, he basically gets to a point where he says, you know what, I'm good. My, I, I don't, it doesn't matter my bucket list. It doesn't matter. I don't care about my legacy anymore. Uh, I don't care about the to-do list that's on the wall at home. Sorry, honey. But I am ready. I'm ready to just be with you, God, because I have seen what I've been longing for, your salvation, because Jesus has come. Jesus' presence with Simeon was enough for Simeon to see that his life was whole. His life was fulfilled. See, I find it so amazing when we think about the incarnation. So understand this. Jesus came, and what Scripture teaches is that God... The triune God, God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, God, the Son, second member of the Trinity, came down and dwelt among us. He put on flesh. He became a man. So Jesus is fully God and fully man. And in this moment, Simeon is holding the one who was infinite who became an infant. So Simeon's holding the creator. This is just crazy, y'all. It's, it kind of is mind-bending. It's kind of hard to comprehend. But Simeon is looking and holding with his own hands the Creator who knitted Simeon in his mother's womb. God came down. And Simeon is gazing upon Jesus. See, but the Bible says that uh, everything that was created was created by Jesus, for Jesus, through Jesus, and to Jesus. It was all for him. And in this moment, Simeon is gazing at Jesus, his creator, with the eyes that Jesus himself designed. It's just so beautiful because Simeon understood that with Jesus in his presence, he had reason to celebrate. He had reason to celebrate. And in this day and time, even in the midst of the stress, we have reason to celebrate too. Can we all just do this? I know because it seems like it's a little bit low energy right now. Some of you seem to be a little stressed. Can we just do this real quick? We're going to take a deep breath and let it all out together, okay? All right, you ready? One, two, three. That feel good. That feel good. It's fine. I'll bring more energy. It's, uh, it's all good. See, this first Christmas, Simeon recognized that Jesus came bearing gifts. Kids, do you like gifts? Are you excited about the gifts? Yes. yes. See, Jesus came bearing gifts. This is what Jesus came to bring. Gifts Jesus bring. He brought freedom from bondage, forgiveness of sin, hope that goes beyond this life, peace in the midst of this life, love in every moment, joy that isn't fleeting. It's not going to just go be here in one moment and be gone the next. It's not fleeting. Belonging that is real. Deliverance from your worst moments. Isn't that good news? 
eternal life, satisfaction of our heart's deepest desires and salvation. Y'all, Jesus came to right every wrong. This is good news, y'all. Santa, listen to me, Santa ain't got nothing on Jesus. Because the gifts Jesus brought are far better and far greater and far more eternal than anything Santa has to promise. And that is good news, y'all, because Jesus is here. He is here. And this is reason for us to celebrate. Y'all, this is, this is reason enough. I know, I know, not, not there yet, but reason to celebrate. Reason enough to clap. Reason enough to sing. Reason enough to rejoice is this. Joy to the world. The healer is here. Joy to the world, the healer is here. If you found yourself at any point in time in life and you feel like you've got burdens and you've got pain, you've had moments that did not go your way, you've had stuff that did not work out as you planned, you may find yourself sitting in a space in your life right now that you did not plan on. That if you wrote the script, you wouldn't have written this moment in it. You wouldn't have written the season in it. But I want you to rejoice. I want you to see that even in the midst of your pain, even in the midst of your trials, the healer has come. And anytime you try and find healing and satisfaction in something or someone else, you will be let down. Jesus is the one who came to bring satisfaction to your heart's deepest desires. Those things, like when you think about it, when you look at life and you start to try and find satisfaction by a better job, by a better house, by by whatever it is, by trying to be a better person, trying to get uh, in line with what you think you need to be, it's always never enough. Right? It's just never enough. And that's reason because we will never find enough until we find our enough in Jesus. Ever. And so joy to the world, the healer, is here. Simeon goes on and, and he says this about who Jesus is and what the significance of him coming is. Uh, this is what Luke records. His father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon, can you imagine your baby being, being talked about like this? Pretty cool. Then Simeon blessed them and told his mother Mary, indeed, this child is destined to cause the fall and rise of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed. And he looks to Mary and he says this, and a sword will pierce your own soul, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. See, Simeon saw what was coming for Jesus. Simeon says that uh, Jesus will cause the, the fall and rise of many. What does he mean? That through Jesus, when you're confronted with Jesus, we have, we have a couple different responses. The right response is to be convicted of our sin, see that we, have a, we need a Savior, and to worship Him by, by falling to our knees in praise to Him. And that's what Jesus has done. That's what's happened for centuries since Jesus came. That people have seen their own sin in, con, in, in being confronted with Jesus and His perfection. And they have fallen down in worship to him, and in response to him, in response to them, Jesus raises them up to newness of life, to a slate wiped clean. That's what Jesus has done. He's caused the fall and rise of many in Israel and in the whole world. And he goes on, he says, it's going to be a sign that will be opposed. In other words, it's a miracle that Jesus came, y'all. God became a human. The creator of the universe came down to dwell with us because he cares about you. Sometimes 
We don't care about us. And yet Jesus always cares about you. He always cares about us. And he was the sign that was opposed. And because of that, Mary had a sword pierce her soul. Because 33 years later, Jesus would go to the cross to bear our sins, to pay the payment so that we could have freedom. Think about this. Jesus was on the cross and Mary was there watching her son die. Not just die a death, but die a death that was uh, consuming the wrath of God and being able to free not only uh, the people who were going to surrender to Jesus later, but also Mary's very own soul was saved because of Jesus' sacrifice. Can you imagine being Mary? My question for all of us, I think we have to all wrestle with this, is this. Are you friendly to Jesus? Like, you, you, you guys are, you know, kind of, you're okay with Jesus, which I would imagine that most of you are because you're here at a church on Christmas Eve. You at least think Jesus is kind of, like, interesting, maybe. Are you friendly to Jesus or have you surrendered to Jesus? Are you friendly to him or have you surrendered to him? Because he is the king and he calls us to surrender. A, a different question, consider this. Does your heart sing for Jesus? Does your heart sing? Um, think about this. Okay, um, coal miners. Uh, back in the day, coal miners, um, they, they, they discovered some things over the years. That certain gases in a mine shaft were not good for them. Carbon monoxide, uh, asphyxiation is just not a good, a good route. You've got no oxygen, it, it ends up being bad for you, right? Methane, it explodes. It goes boom, boom, and that's not good, good. Amen? So they discovered something. Early in coal mining, they, they decided to bring down canaries, these little yellow birds, down into the mine shafts with them so that, because here's the thing with the canary, they have a, a higher metabolism and they are more sensitive to toxins in the air. So what the, what the coal miners would know is if, if they were working and the, the canaries were singing, they were fine. If the canaries were singing, they were fine. But if the canary stopped singing and eventually fell over in the cage, they knew they were in trouble. They needed to get out because something was about to happen. I think the same thing is true for us in our hearts. Maybe some of you, you have surrendered to Jesus. He is your king. But right now you don't feel like your heart is singing in joy for him. I just want to encourage you. That that, that may be a warning sign that something's out of whack. But, but, but it's not too late. You can re-surrender to him and find that even in the midst of your circumstances, Jesus is still Lord. Even in the midst of your circumstances, Jesus is still with you, that you're not going to go through anything that is going to cause him to walk away from you. He's there. And some of you, maybe, maybe you haven't surrendered to Jesus. Maybe you're on the stream and you've never surrendered to Jesus. Maybe you're here in the room you've never surrendered to Jesus. I, I would just say that, that when you surrender to Jesus, the, the, the promise is that our heart sings out of joy. The Holy Spirit indwells us when we surrender to Jesus. And one of the fruits of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience, all these amazing things. My hope and my prayer for you, for all of us today, is that all of us, would have our hearts sing for joy for Jesus. It may not change your circumstances right now, but he's still on the throne and he's still working. I pray that your heart would sing for Jesus because of the earliest Christmas moment. That's the reason why we celebrate today. It's the reason why we have reason to clap and sing and praise and gather together today. 
to smile and see that our Lord is good. So church, this is what I'm going to ask you to do. This may be out of your comfort zones, maybe for some of you. I want us all to stand. I just want us to give God some praise. Okay? Clap your hands. Let's just show him that we are grateful for the fact that he came and that he is with us. I don't know if y'all really feel it or believe it, but come on. Come on. It's good that Jesus came. Sometimes we've got to lead our heart in praise before we feel it. Okay? Let me pray. God, we thank you so much today that you loved us so much that you decided to come down and enter into our mess. We don't understand it. We wouldn't have done it. (laughs) But we are so grateful that you have done it and that we get to enjoy communion with you. We get to enjoy your presence. We get to enjoy hope even in the midst of life not working out the way we hope. Lord, please just shower us with your joy. Shower us with your peace. And please hear us as we sing to you. God, we lift up our voices in praise out of worship to you. We know that it's not enough, but it's everything that we have to give. I pray, God, that you would meet us right now and encourage us that we can have joy in you in spite of anything we go through. We love you, Jesus. We pray in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast by First Church of Christ in Bluffton, Indiana. For more information, visit FCCFamily.com.